Hello and welcome to The Discourse, a short-form, one-on-one interview podcast with filmmakers, actors, and other film industry folks, brought to you by The Playlist and hosted by myself, Mike D'Angelo. Today we're discussing Netflix's latest original movie, We Have a Ghost, which is from filmmaker Christopher Landon and hits uh, Netflix this Friday, February 24th. Christopher Landon did Freaky, he did Happy Death Day. We Have a Ghost follows a family that moves into a home and discovers that it's haunted by a ghost named Ernest, and they instantly use it to become internet sensations. The film stars Anthony Mackie, Jahi Winston, Tignataro, Erica Ash, Jennifer Coolidge, and my guest today, Mr. David Harbour as Ernest the Ghost. I will say uh, this is a really fun one. I went into this one with my arms crossed a bit as we've been burned before by some of the you know Netflix original movies or maybe some supernatural comedies in general, but this one is a really fun time. Not only is it just a fun adventure and it's got a lot of funny moments, a lot of good action moments, but it's got a lot of heart and that's anchored by some really outstanding performances by obviously Anthony Mackie and David Harbour and Jennifer Coolidge and all those people. But Jahi Winston, this newcomer, is very, very good and anchors the movie really well right along with David. Uh, During our chat, we get into uh, why he took on the silent role of Ernest. Uh, We jump into Marvel. We jump into Stranger Things, Gran Turismo. David Harbour has a lot of things going on, guys, and he's just as cool as you'd want him to be. But before I shoot you over to the interview, I've got to tell you that The Discourse is a part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes The Playlist Podcast, Bingeworthy, Be Real, Deep Focus, The Fourth Wall, Yellowstoners, The Rogue Ones, and more. We can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Anchor FM, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you find your favorite shows. Be sure to subscribe and drop us a comment or a rating as we very much appreciate it. All right, let's jump right into it. My conversation with the very funny and very talented David Harbour. D'Angelo with the playlist. David, thanks so much for taking the time, man. I appreciate it. Sure. Pleasure, Mike. I, I guess I'd lo- I want to congratulate you not only on We Have a Ghost, but Stranger Things, Violent Night. You have Thunderbolts and Gran Turismo coming up. You're on a hell of a run. So oh, yeah, it's all of it, man. Uh, do you stop and just take it all in and you know, breathe in the the place where you're at, or do you feel kind of like you know the the cow from Twister where you're just being hurled about while Helen yeah. Hunt is pointing at you? <laughs> Um, I do, uh, I do stop and take it. I do have moments where I feel how incredibly lucky I am. I mean, I am also very interested in telling lots of different stories and I want to tell lots of cool, you know, so, I mean, the ambition is there to tell more and more stories. It's not like I stop and I need to, of course, but occasionally I will have moments where I think like how extraordinarily wonderful, my life is and that I'm able to do the thing that I've wanted to do since I was five years old. Yeah. Uh, I'm able to do it at such a level and to touch people and to affect people. It's, um, it's really quite wonderful. And I do, I stop like at least once a week and think (laughs) for a couple of minutes, like, ah, this is nice. So even with the bunch I mentioned, you know, it's a really eccentric bunch of movies. And then you have this, when this hits your desk, you read the script for, we have a ghost what makes you go, oh, this is what I'm doing next. I'm going to make this movie. I mean, a couple of different things. I really like Chris Landon's movie, Freaky. Yeah, that was fun. really interesting, unique movie because it does blend genres. And I, I think probably, as you know, I'm in, 
like with Violent Night or things like that. Like I'm interested in opening up the form and blending genre and doing things that are unexpected. Because when I go to the theater, I think the hardest thing to get people out to the theater nowadays is like, what haven't you seen? Like what is going to be new and remarkable to you? So I felt like Freaky really, you know, he's doing some interesting things cinematically. So that was, of course, very interesting. And then the other thing that was super cool is that I don't, he didn't have any lines. Yeah. I mean, it's a ghost character who's one of the leads of the movies and he doesn't say a single word throughout the whole movie. And I thought, wow, what an incredible challenge. How will I be able to reveal the complex things that this character needs to reveal for the story to make sense without any words? So that was another reason why I was like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. It gives you the excuse to do what a lot of actors say on Jenkins where they go, well, even though this is an action movie, I went back to the silent films of like Buster Keaton and Charlie <laughs> Chaplin for inspiration. And in this role, so I mean, no dialogue. I so know that might I could have done. And I'll tell you the opposite thing of the action stars. I did not go back to those <laughs> films, maybe because I'm lazy or who knows, but I, I didn't feel like I wanted to get into that world. I wasn't trained that way. That sort of terrifies me to try to pick up some new technique at this yeah. stage in the game. I mean, I'd have to study for years, I think, to do that sort of stuff. So it really was more about um, just the thematically what I wanted to portray and being able to do that. You know, I know my instrument resume resonates in a certain way. And I knew that if I had specific things to latch onto that it would resonate, but I didn't want to learn a whole new technique. That would be <laughs> terrifying. What was Chaplin getting at? Exactly. Like, I mean, <laughs> what do I do? Like, you know, you look at Buster Keaton, it's like what he does with his eyes and the mm -hmm. whole thing. If I got trapped in that, I feel like I'd be a, I'd be very yeah. bad at the movie. <laughs> yeah. And the movie hinges on your performance and the young co-star that you have, Jahi Winston, I believe it is. So yes. you have excellent chemistry with him, even with no lines. It just works much like your chemistry with Millie on Stranger Things. Was that instantly there? Do you do anything to cultivate these these like chemistry with these young actors? Yeah, you do. I mean, yeah. I think that like it's subtle, but I'm always uh, I feel like I'm always working, which is um, something that I learned early on from other actors as well. It's a weird business that we're in. We are these nomadic creatures that create highly intimate relationships with people for specific periods of time and then move on. Yeah. And I, when I initially was in the business, I remember having that happen with a couple different actors and thinking to myself like, Oh, we're going to be friends for the rest of our life or whatever. <laughs> and then you realize, Oh no, this is work. Like this is what we do. And so, yeah, it's not an, it's not even an overt thing anymore. It's just something that subtly happens. Yeah. where I'm on set and I just want to hang out with this person or I want to just know them. And I don't do it off screen. I feel like when I leave the set, I don't generally hang out with someone if I feel like the chemistry is working in the right direction. But I spend a lot of time thinking about the energy between me and that other person. And I really pay a lot of attention to that person. Mm -hmm. And so Jahi was very easy in a sense because he is a very open, beautiful, uh, young person. And I admire him. I admire a lot of things about him. And I really care about him. And I'm interested to see where his career goes. But it was so 
I mean, it's funny because I started out working really hard on the character. And then I found that when I got in the scene, a lot of it was just sort of what we had between us that would solve it. So in a way he did a lot of heavy lifting for me. I was very lucky to have a scene partner in him and it really, yeah, he's really a special kid. He's fantastic in the movie. It really is. Yeah. Like I get, I get choked up at the end of the movie. I'm like, this movie did its job. Yeah. I'm, I'm crying. <laughs> Here yeah. we go. I think he's got a bright future out of him too. I think he'll be really someone to reckon with in like 10 years from now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. For sure. You also you have a lot of big personalities, funny people that you're working with, like Anthony Mackie is a huge personality on the set. Tig Nataro is hilarious. Jennifer Coolidge. Do you have any you know favorite memories from the set that spring to mind when you're just working with these people? Yeah, I mean, Jennifer, the day with Jennifer Coolidge was extraordinary. I felt like I had a lot more, I had a, more days with Tig Nataro, and mm. uh, she's really special, really funny, kind, grounded, hilarious person. We laughed about a lot of different things. She's also very funny because she's very self-deprecating in the sense of she does very little character work. She, she says, <laughs> like, when you hire her, you're really hiring her. She's not going to do the Christian Bale, get lost in, you know, her method thing. And I found that so refreshing because so much of us, so many of us try to take ourselves so seriously in our work and our transformations. And she was just like, yep, I'm just going to kind of be me wearing different clothes. <laughs> Agent Tig, that's what you get. Yeah, I just loved her. I loved her so much. <laughs> and then um, obviously you and Anthony are in the Marvel Club together. When you're working with these other actors in other films, do you try to like get get secrets out of each other, or is it just understood that Marvel's like standing in a next room and like? Yeah, no, I think we're I think we're sort of like jockeying to see who's got more uh more in more insight, who's seen more, who's had more conversations with Kevin about what's the future holds. But he's funny, like, because he's at such a place with it where I think he's been with it like over ten years now. Yeah. Um. And so he's just funnier than I am. I'm very intense of like, oh, where's this going to go? And let's figure this out. And he's like, I don't know. They call me. You know, they call me. I show up kind of thing. <laughs> so you're not going to get any secrets out of him. Yeah. I mean, Red Guardian was one of my favorite parts of Black Widow. And I like that movie a lot, which oh, I mean, he's, he's just this ridiculous <laughs> person, but he's also very grounded and real. I mean, so he's like this bumbling egomaniac, but he's also a lovable father figure like what do you want to do to expand on that character when it comes to like Thunderbolts or future projects? I mean, it's so interesting to think where he ends up at the end of Black Widow. Yeah. Uh, after his story is complete and what happens to him after he's out of prison? Uh, yeah. Where does he go? To reconnect with Florence is going to be really great as well. And also, you know, I would like to see, because he is an idiot and he's an egomaniac, all that stuff, but he does also have this fire in him. And I think he could rise to certain occasions if given the chance. I'd like to see him be a bit of more of a badass as well. 
I'd like to see those fighting skills, which we see a little bit with Taskmaster, but like he, you know, he is as, as messed up as he is, he does have the super serum and he is kind of a brutal guy. He knows this Russian Sambo technique. And I think we could see a lot more color in that department in terms of his range as a fighter. And I'd like to see like, you know, where he can go now that he's out of prison and he's got more hope for his life, like who he might become. There's a lot of potential, a lot of opportunity. So we'll have to see. Yeah, I won't ask you any details for like the Thunderbolts or the script because I've heard that they don't tell me anything line quite enough at this point. But exactly. Uh, <laughs> but you do get to reunite with, like you said, Florence. You get to reunite with Olga again. Uh, there's yes. also Sebastian Stan and Wyatt Russell and Harrison Ford and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Which character are you looking forward to like bouncing off of as Red Guardian the most? I mean, in terms of the new guys, I will say that I really loved what Wyatt did in that. He's uh, great that series and i think just the fact of an, a real dark captain america what that means in terms of uh his relationship with red guardian and what that spark will be like i think why it's terrific i think that character is terrific the patriot this dark patriotic character i'm really excited to see where that really you know i mean red guardian just is a foil to captain america he's obsessed with captain america and this guy although mackie is the real captain america this guy's a version of that patriotic thing uh that's darker and so i think as red guardian i'm very interested to see where that leads absolutely are you are you finished with stranger things at this point or do you still have to shoot the the, the last part there we have to go shoot that. We start in May. We go down to Atlanta, start shooting Stranger Things 5. Nice. So I've heard they've managed to, to end it pretty perfectly from the people that have read the scripts. What was your experience just reading that last script? Was it an emotional kind of thing? I haven't read it yet. You haven't read it yet? <laughs> Why? No I think we're, uh, we're, yeah, I think they're, get, uh, they're getting them to us. I know, I know sort of the arc, and it's pretty spectacular. And I think the outline... They've definitely pitched to executives and I heard everybody was weeping. Um, <laughs> and I know these guys are good at sticking the landing in general. So I have every faith that the scripts will be great, but I have yet to see official scripts. So. Fair enough. That's, that's totally fine. I love every season so far. The last one will be no different. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and then you also have Neil Blomkamp's Gran Turismo coming out this summer. I'm a big yes. fan of his. I know you're yes, like a retired race car driver. Can you tease anything else? Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited for people to see that movie. I think Neil is a real talent. I think this kid, Archie, is again, terrific. I seem to be working with like terrific young actors constantly. <laughs> I used to be the youngest guy in the room. <laughs> Not anymore. But I, um, Neil is really great. The script is great. Again, like what's happening with The Last of Us, I think PlayStation has now changed its focus to making money, commercial things to instead, like their focus really is just making good stuff. They want really high quality stuff. And this script is real quality. Neil is real quality. And it feels like, I mean, to me, one of my favorite movies of all time is Hoosiers. <laughs> nice. And it has a feeling like Hoosiers in the sense of, it's a, it's a real sports movie and a real inspirational story and very moving. 
very moving. So I'm really excited for people to see that. Yeah. Wow. I'm going to have to rewatch Hoosiers now before I see Grand Turismo. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. That movie holds up. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm just a fan of Niels and the, the technical things he likes to do to push the medium. Was he doing anything different this time around? Yeah, totally. I mean, all the race car stuff is unlike anything you've ever seen before. They have these incredible drone guys now who can do um, the 3D drones. Oh. Drones going at like 140 miles an hour, you know, with these cars that are you know, going weaving in and out of car. It's just incredible, the cinematography and the way he's shooting it. And then some of, there will be some CGI, but I find Neil's CGI different than anyone else's. Like there's a grounded visceral quality to what the worlds he creates. I mean, you look at like Elysium or, or District 9, there's like a real, you believe this world exists. Uh, and I think that it's perfect for Gran Turismo because, you know, how do you capture this grit of this race car world? Um, a lot of the stuff we're doing is practical. We're really changing tires on those cars. We're in the pits with these guys. Um, these drivers are going, you know, 160, 180 miles an hour. It was an insane shoot. I mean, it really, it really was exciting. And Neil, he, he wants that quality. I mean, he wants realism. He wants grit. And, uh, I think we got it. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to see it. Thunderbolts, Stranger Things, all that. Uh, big fan of yours. Just want to oh, thank you again man. for your time. They're giving me the wrap. But for our listeners, we have Ghost Hits Netflix on Friday, February 24th. It'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry. David's amazing in it. Again, oh. thanks very much. Thank you, man. Appreciate all it. Right.